2013 Legends of John Fantasy Football Podcast Week 4 is in the books We're talking about Lamb Chop still at 4-0 And Yoni at 0-4 Looking ahead to Week 5 Talking about the big LC Lionel matchup Do some Eliminator Do some Tron Ranks Maybe some new segments This is Narf guys I got Priest and Frogger Let's do it If you say what you want to say Alright guys, this is Narf. This is our special 20th podcast ever. I never thought we'd make it this far, but here to join me on the special occasion is Priest. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's it's an honor. Uh, I was looking forward to this. You were one of my favorite pods last year, actually, so I hope you can live up to it again. Oh, well, I'll do my best. It's going to be hard, but I'll, uh, I'll try hard. Well, in case you stumble, we may have a special guest, uh, Frogger, joining us later. He's supposed to be here now, but he's kind of MIA right now, so we'll see if he makes it. We'll uh, cross our fingers. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for it. If, if he doesn't, then he'll be 0 for 2 in podcasts he was supposed to be on and wasn't. Um, so so let's start off. Uh, what should we do first? Uh, how about your fantasy team? Or actually, let's get to the draft because you won the draft lottery, right? I did, yeah. And you chose number 5, and I've been interested in that ever since. So what, what was your logic? Were there five first-rounders you wanted or something? So what I did was the following. I wrote down a list of all the players that I thought would give me solid first round value. Okay. And I said, okay, where's like the dividing line between solid first round value and players that are kind of on the bubble? And so I came up with I came up with six and then I wanted to have at least a choice between the last two, so I decided to go with five. So so you want to share those players with me? Yeah. So it started off pretty simple. It was um uh Aaron Rodgers isn't not not in any order, it was Aaron Rodgers, AP um, Doug Martin, just because he got a lot of hype. Yep. Um, he, he was definitely hyped up. Yeah. Uh, Drew Brees, Ray Rice, and one other guy, I think. I think that's five. I think I, I had so the, And those you just named were the top five picks. Oh, no, they weren't. Brees went six. Jamal Charles was, was number three. Was that who you had? He, it might have been. I'm not entirely sure. I'm never... So the thing about Jamal Charles, I'm never fully sold on him because I always have this kind of irrational idea that he's going to tear his ACL again. Well, it's happened like before. AP. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But that was kind of my uh, my thought process. I wanted to get six players that I knew, or at least I had a good idea, would not really fail me and would, would not be considered sub-first-round value. And I went with, like, the worst possible... When, when my draft slot actually came up, I went with the worst possible guy of those six. So I was very upset with that. Not only is he the worst of those six, I don't know if you check out my website ever, but there's a section called Draft Analysis where I rank every player's output versus the average of the round they were drafted in. And oh. 
the absolute the absolute getting- bottom player in the league is Ray Rice. I'm getting absolutely crushed. I had actually a good mindset about Ray Rice. I thought that even though he signed a contract, so just so I, I did draft Ray Rice as my fifth pick, and I'm really embarrassed about that. But even though he signed a new contract, and I have this you know weird belief that players that sign new contracts or aren't in a contract year will kind of underperform. It was incentive based. And on top of that, I thought they were going to lose so many weapons, including their tight end, that they would really throw it to him a lot more. Now, that hasn't panned out, partially because he hasn't been healthy and partially because Baltimore just hasn't been that good. But I really regretted that choice basically since the day after the draft. Uh, that, that, that's unfortunate. Um, like... Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for you. You you had a rough week one, which you went up against my amazing score. Yeah. And then since then, you've just, like, gone down every week, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, I don't think I had a very good draft. And one of my big kind of goals when I draft is to draft um, a quality full team where my bench can easily step up and fill in holes for injured players. And I just didn't really do that well. And I think that's kind of one of the, um, it's, it's not one of like the headlines that you're going to talk about. It's, you know, how is the bench doing? But I think that's really important because push comes to shove, during the course of the season, somebody's going to go down. No, that, that's me, actually very important. I, I believe you. Yeah. And, and I, I, I made, and actually, so I, I have actually a good excuse for why my team is abs- as terrible as it is. And I think my team is actually very, very bad. Um, okay. I started work. August 5th, which wasn't too far before the draft. That was and like three blocked, weeks. They block fantasy football. Oh, you work for one of those places. I do, and it's crushing me. Oh, because, that, that's a, as a legit excuse is actually, that's maybe the only legit excuse. I kind of well, buy that. I mean, I, I try to prioritize, you know, going online after. So, And on top of that, I've been training for a marathon, which adds like a, an hour of running and an hour less sticking around on the internet. So my fantasy football time has gone from, you know, lunchtime at work plus dicking around time at work to very, very small windows. Oh. So, I mean, I think permanently, at least going forward, my order in your, you know, fantasy owner or fantasy player ranking should fall significantly. It's going to. Didn't I? I gave you a really high uh, ranking this year, I think, didn't I? You did, and it was it was overly generous, and I think it's probably because you remembered how well I did in the past few years. But my MO, if you go back through league history, is I think every single year I start out like one in three and one in four, and then I go on an absolute tear. Yeah, and then you always like, start slow. And by the middle of the year, you're like, wait a minute, Priest team isn't terrible. And then by the end of the year, I'm actually beating people, and I'm beating people who are good. Yeah. So I'm holding out hope for that. But I'm not overly confident because I don't like my team at all. So you don't think it's going to come out? So, so you're you're not betting on your team to go on a, a regular priest run this year? Um, the what thing would is, mean, yeah. a lot of things have to fall right, and the first thing that has to fall right, and we we I've been listening to the podcast, and people have been talking about the whole time, the, the whole QB situation has to come kind of like has to click again. So yeah, you started EJ Manuel over Matt Schaub last week. Was that just a matchup play, or do you did you just trust Manuel more going forward? It was a matchup play that failed. Um, it, it did fail, but I don't blame you because Schaub going against Seattle was a recipe for disaster. It was, and even though so this kind of like um, leads us into the dichotomy between good quarterbacks and good fantasy quarterbacks, and Matt Schaub 
he's some days he's like a good quarterback, but he's a terrible fantasy quarterback. And this past Sunday, he threw like two terrible interceptions and led to the the, uh, the Texans imploding at the end of the game. That pick six to have, Richard Sherman was like the worst throw of the season. It was really ugly. It was really embarrassing. And he's, you know, I consider him, you know, a, uh, a smart quarterback, and you just don't make that kind of throw. You, you shouldn't do that ever. Yeah, but that's like a, a really rookie throw. That was, the, that was the crazy part. Look at his numbers. He got like 24 points. I totally should have started him. Yeah, except for week th- He's got three weeks of 30, 22, 24. Except for his week three against Baltimore. He's been really solid, actually. I, I agree. And so I, I don't think I'm going to make that mistake again. But with EJ Manuel, I went with the young black quarterback play because one guy has to bust out every year. And those are the rules, aren't they? It's the rule of the league that one young black quarterback has to bust out. And I thought, it's well, not going to be Geno Smith. Well, Terrell, Terrell Pryor's kind of done it already in the first couple of weeks. He's been okay. He has, but he's concussed. So you, you never really know if he's going to come back from that the same way. But I, you can make the case for Terrell Pryor. But I was kind of, I was kind of banking on, on Manuel being that guy. Also, I mean, you know Geno Smith better than me. But he's had two decent fantasy games, I think. And then just two awful ones. He's, he's really black Mark Sanchez. It's, is, he, it's, is he that bad? Um. Well, the thing is, I don't even think Mark Sanchez is really all that terrible. He's he's inconsistent. He throws bad interceptions, so he gets a lot of bad press. But when the offense, when he has enough receivers to throw to and he gets good protection, he's passable, he's serviceable, he's probably the, in the bottom 10. But like we've seen in the past, Mark Sanchez can lead the team to the AFC Championship. Yeah, I'm actually kind of going to agree with you. I think he's gotten like an overly harsh rep the past like year and a half or so. But his first two years, the Jet, he took him to the AFC Championship game twice in a row, and he beat like Peyton Manning and other good and Tom Brady one year in the playoffs, right? I I mean I agree. He and basically in the past year he's had the butt fumble effect. Yeah, which, that. I mean, it's, it's really hard to come back from that. You don't. It's like a kicker. It's like Scott Norwood, right? You know, it's something that's totally embarrassing and will be in your head maybe for the rest of your career. And you might never recover. Yeah. Um, we'll see. But um, I, I was hoping that EJ Manuel would come out and be that be that guy. Um, but he hasn't really shown that thus far. So, so what about the rest of your draft? I mean, you went Ray Rice round one. Who? Any? So obviously, you're not happy with him. Who's Who's your favorite pick? Like, have you been loving Deshaun so far, or who, who are you happy with? That's a really good question. Um, you got to be happy with someone. I'm so I'm happy with so I'm happy with Deshaun Jackson because that was you know one of my intuitive moves where I thought Chip Kelly's offense um, they're going to get a ton of touches and at least some of them have to go to Deshaun Jackson. He's the burner on the team. Well, and, week one and two, that's definitely what happened. And I actually wanted to ask you, what has gone wrong? I mean, clearly they've gone up against better teams, but what's gone wrong for the Eagles? Why haven't they been able to put up points offensively? Uh, they're not good, is the first thing. Um, no, that's, <laughs> you're full of shit, Narf. They, they have solid talent there. So, so they do and they don't. Um, why? Let's look at the, the games they put up points. Washington, they took by surprise the first half, and Washington's defense is straight-up awful. Um okay. San Diego is okay, and they scored. They scored well against them, and then they kind of fell off against the Chiefs and Broncos. Um, they they've actually. I mean, Lashawn McCoy has been putting up numbers, but they've gotten away from the run a little bit. 
Like against Washington, they gave him the ball thirty times, and his numbers. I watched above, that game. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I that was that was the happiest football game of my life in the past five years. Not no joke. Between the Eagles looking that great and drafting LaShawn McCoy in the first round and feeling like he was going to be the best running back in the world, that that was really cool. That should never happen in Week One. It really shouldn't. But regardless, uh, what's, so what's, 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 so what what what's, what's, hurt, what's hurting Deshaun is that they have zero receiving threats anywhere else on the field. Brent Selleck is just like a step slower, not getting open. Uh, they really, they really miss Macklin. They they double up with a corner and they put a safety over Deshaun almost every play. And the Eagles are the receivers like Riley Cooper and Jason Avant cannot beat one on one coverage. Like all you need to do is throw an average cornerback, jam him at the line. They can't get off. They're not threats. And then like Deshaun's the only receiving threat. And what Chip Kelly doesn't do is he doesn't like he never throws to McCoy out of the backfield, which would that's terrible. That's awful. I, it's 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 killing me. I mean, it's not killing me because he's he's doing great running the ball, but he's he's on pace for a season low in receptions, and it's just just it's either Vic never looks to him or just Kelly's not just not part of the offense because whenever he he sneaks out and like it's open in the flat or or three five yards downfield, he just Vic never looks that way. But is Selick uh, really that bad? Selick's really? not Selick's not good. And the thing about like Chip Kelly's offense is it's it's so it's so college style like. They don't run any slants or like pick plays or, or line up in trips very often. Like he doesn't do a lot to help his receivers get open. Like there, he doesn't do any tricks or, or, or stuff like that. It's all about like beat your man one on one. Like that's how receivers get open this offense. Like you have to beat your man one on one. And Deshaun's so he's the be only a one that can do that. Fail, uh, coach. Yeah, essentially. I mean, that was kind of a, a long rant by me. I feel like, but yeah, I mean, he's running his college style. He's actually like. He's not looking happy on the sidelines at all. Like I, I, I feel like in his head he's kind of regretting this decision already, which I'm really worried about as an Eagles fan. So I, I feel for you because after watching that that opening game, by the way, being in DC and watching all of the Redskins fans go from feeling like they're Super Bowl contenders to basically being the trash of the league, it makes me feel so much better about myself as a Jets fan um, to think that you know. I've gotten to the point where I don't get myself built up for that 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 oncoming failure anymore. These yeah. people are so crazy, and and it made me really happy when you guys crushed them. So um, I'm 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 glad we could do that for you. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Deshaun will have big games going forward, but it, it's like he's it's hard for him. Like Vic hasn't been accurate. Like Vic hasn't played as well, and it's just hard for him to get open against two guys. Okay. Well, I, I still didn't answer your question. Who is my you know? Who did I actually like as a as a pick? Yeah, so um, so good. I might it. actually go with I might actually go with um uh Finley, Jermichael Finley. I think you know even though he's got a concussion, he he had two he good games out. in a row, which he's he never did. ever done before. And he's he's probable again, so I'm gonna throw him back in there. Um, so he's been a decent pickup, and I really think, and I've actually fielded a bunch of of uh, uh trade offers for Eli Manning. I really think that once his offensive line comes around, he's going to be a bad, a bad real quarterback and a good fantasy quarterback again. I, I, I kind of agree. Also, like as much as I hate Eli, he can't be this bad. Like he's, he's always underrated as like everyone just hates on him so much. But the thing is, even though he put he throws two interceptions basically every single game, usually they're either playing from behind or they've you know outthrown a team significantly to the point where he's putting up about 300 yards and three touchdowns, which definitely makes up for it. Granted, so, he's a bad quarterback, but I think he's going to come back. 
So what about Trent Richardson? Are you happy about the move of him to Indy, or are you worried, or what? He's been a non-starter for me. I mean, he's been disappointing, and I think it would have been better had he stayed in one place, because he's kind of that transition has been a little bit tough for him. I was happy when I heard that they actually pulled the trigger on the trade, because I think he'll get... Um, he'll get more chances in Indianapolis because they have a better offense. Um, so I'm kind of just waiting on him. And I'm basically my, my top two picks, I'm just waiting on them to come around. Because Ray Wrights has been, you know, he's been inconsistent, he's been unhealthy, and Trent Richardson has gone from, you know, being on the on the Browns and having to transition to a new offense. And so these, these players that I thought were going to... Uh, what I did is I drafted for consistency. And I thought to myself, Ray Wrights, he's not, you know, he's not flashy, but... At least, you know, if you look back through time, he puts up 12 points. And you're not going to get a lot more out of him, but you're going to get 12 points. And with Trent Richardson, on Cleveland at least, he was the only guy on that offense. Now, we've seen that that Jordan Cameron is actually coming up, and he's... And and Josh Gordon, too. Josh Gordon, too. But I thought he was the only guy really uh, worth playing on that offense. And so I thought, you know, those two guys are consistent, and they'd be able to, you know, at least lock down 20 to 25 points every single week. And I've been wrong, and that's that's kind of where yeah. my turn was. Richardson, your second round choice? He was. Yeah, I think you were the only one in the league to go running back, running back round one and two, actually. And it's, yeah, and this kind it's of killing you. Know, you. It, it it is, and it, it's um it's another it's another piece of evidence uh, in favor of going at least one quarterback in those top two. And I know that's been kind of the theme of the the podcast this year. It's been you well, know railing on people. Pe- people disagree. Um, it, I wouldn't say running back, running back is wrong. I would just say you didn't draft the right running backs. I think going running back, running back may be wrong. I think you, I think you really should be drafting at least one quarterback in those slots. But the thing is, when I came to the second round and I saw Trent Richardson there, I didn't see that there were any quarterbacks. That, I mean, the quarterbacks went in the in the back end of the first round, and just like a ton of them went. To the yeah, point where it wasn't really even worth it to draft them in the second or third round. There wasn't a quarterback taken the second round, actually. It was like a string of the wideouts all started going. Right. And so, you know, that's good moves for a couple of those people who took, you know, the uh, Peyton Manning and the, uh, the, the Tom Brady. I, I think Tom Brady. I think he's okay. But, um, you know, second round, there wasn't anyone to pick up. So I went with the uh, second running back. All right, so let's move on to power rankings, which don't exist yet this week um, because I had to work a lot today because I'm not furloughed. Uh, so help, help me out. Where, how low should you be in these power rankings? Um, so Yoni's zero and four. So I mean, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not there. I I think I beat Yoni. I'm pretty sure I should be above Yoni. The thing um, is, you're last in total points scored, which is not a good sign. No, it's really not. Um, and I think in years past, when I've started out poorly, I've actually been pretty decent in points scored. But I'm going to say ten or eleven is probably accurate right now. Okay. Um, that said, I am confident that I'm going to have a better run where Eli Manning's going to put up some points and hopefully Ray Rice and Richardson kind of both meet their expectations preseason. So I, I don't expect it to stay there. But right now, based on the, the info you have, I think 10 or 11 is pretty accurate. Right now, I agree. You've, been, you've bounced around so much. Like I think you were 12 coming out of the draft, and then you had that great week one, and I moved you up. And now like you're back all the way to the bottom. I mean, I could be. I, I could. I can make the playoffs if everything falls right, and you know the the Giants come back. I mean, really, it, it comes down to my QBs, and I think if uh, if Eli starts playing better, and I you know hold strong with with Schaub, and he's able to put up points, I wouldn't be surprised um, if I at least end up close to the middle of the pack. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think your team has potential. I think your receivers always have, like, you have the most upside receivers, I think, in a league. Like, so you, you're always a threat there. If, like, two of them hit on games, you're, you're really good there. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping for. So, uh, so, so yeah, well, Yoni will stay at the bottom. You'll be 10 or 11 or, or something around there. Um, who, who, who would you put number one? Would it be Narf sitting there at two and two? So, uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, when my team does poorly, I spend a lot less time looking at the, the numbers and analyzing things. So okay. sitting where I sit right now, I mean, there's no way LC is not number one. He's just, he's such a nice guy. And um, I think he really deserves it because of all the humanitarian work that he does and, and how nice he is. That's true. The, wor- the world's a better place because of Lamb Chop. He's, he's a fantastic person. And really, that red hair, I mean, it works for him so well. Um, um, yeah, it's actually very becoming. Um, other than that, I actually haven't looked at anyone else's roster, so I really can't say who's... who's Fair enough. I appreciate the honesty. I think Noah's going to get number two because he beat me this week. Um, it's probably going to sound like I'm just bitching and angry. Like, I'm two and two. The two weeks I lost was having the second highest score of the week and the fourth highest score of the week. So, I'm getting a little nervous just because, like, when losses add up, the playoffs don't become a guarantee anymore. But I think my team, I'm definitely still top three. Right, which which is your you're the lucky rainbow M and M's. The lucky rainbow M and M's. Okay, I remember seeing your team and being like, so I had the same mentality that you did. McCoy, I thought was a, a brilliant pickup. I think Marshall should be solid. Um, and Julius Thomas really hit for you. Um, yeah, Andrew, we'll see what happens, but I think Brian Hoyer was a good pickup. Uh, uh, I think I think Hoyer was a good pickup just because Carson Palmer has been so awful for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to get. I hope he's going to get better. He had twenty one week one and then fourteen five twelve like. I don't know. Last year on Oakland, he put up actually really good numbers. So, and I thought with like Larry Fitzgerald and the Bruce Arians offense that he'd be putting up like 300 yard games every week. But it's just not happening. No, I mean, just you just don't trust USC quarterbacks. Um, it's just a rule. Um, but Apparently I think your team, so. I'd be very surprised if you didn't end up in the playoffs. I think your team is pretty solid right now. I, I know. I think so too. Dwayne Bow is kind of. Killing is a strong word because I'm, I'm, I'm not doing awful. And he's got two 13-point games. But I expected, I don't know if it was just fool's like, hope. I, I expected a lot more of Dwayne Bowe this year. thought he was going to have a good season with Andy Reid there. I watched a little bit of the Giants game, or the Giants-KC game, and um, it looks like Alex Smith really distributes it pretty well. So I don't think that Bowe is going to have, I mean, maybe one or two breakout games, but it looks like he's giving it to people like McCluster and... and um, it's, it's all, McCluster and Charles are the two leading yeah. receivers. He, he distributes it, and, and he doesn't throw downfield. Like, he throws the ball five or seven yards on every pass. Like, yeah. He's, so, he's, you're still... I think you're, you're hopeful on him, but I don't think he's going to pan out the way you want him to. I, I agree. I've given up on him. What I'm hoping on now is I've got Percy Harvin riding in my IR spot, and if he comes back, I, I mean, I don't know how serious hip injuries are, like, I don't know if he'll be on the field and just not be able to produce, but he, he could be really good. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's a, it's worth it to take a chance on him. I mean, I wouldn't start him the first week he comes back, but, you know, hold on, see what he does. Yeah, he I could think, be a big boost in the playoffs. I, I think he's actually got, like, a really good fit in the Seattle offense. I think he'd be perfect for Russell Wilson, who has, like, no consistent receivers to throw to. And, and the ones he does are all basically just, like, deep threats. Like, he doesn't have a good intermediate receiver. Marshawn Lynch doesn't catch passes. Like, Percy Arvin could be really good at that offense, I think. I've, I've sat on Sidney Rice, another one of my leagues, and he just doesn't really put up numbers at all. So, um, I, think I, don't, I don't like hearing about other leagues on this podcast, Priest. It's one of my rules. I, uh, I've been following him independently just because of my own curiosity, and he just doesn't put up numbers. 
Good. Um, no, he, he he had a good game last week, didn't he? Though. Um, he might have. I I I in my other fantasies that doesn't exist. I didn't start him. So. Fair enough. Okay. So so those are my attempt at figuring out the power rankings on the air. It'll be like Lamb Chop, Noah, Narf at the top, Yoni Priest and Fuse at the bottom, and then everyone else in the middle. All right, sounds good. Actually, maybe maybe Lionel's team is, is pretty good, actually. They might move up. Um, so so what about um, trades? Like, last week we had the Sam Bradford versus, for Reggie Wayne straight-up trade. Uh, who would you take out of that? I would take Reggie Wayne. Um, he did just have a great week. He did have a great week. He had a good first week, too, I believe. And I think he has more upside... Bradford is the kind of guy where I just don't necessarily see him as a consistent starting quarterback. Um, He's not. I mean, he has every yeah. opportunity to be good and just can't be good. And I don't know, really even know who to blame. I mean, I guess he doesn't really have top flight receivers, but um, I don't know. I just I, I wouldn't see I wouldn't start him. Whereas Reggie Wayne, I would start, and I think oh. he would start on a decent team. So that's, that's a good point. You're getting a starter for a non-starter, basically. Um, I mean, I don't. Reggie Wayne is a wideout three at worst. I think anyone in the league would probably be starting him. Um, what about you? Want to weigh in on that Moose for LC trade? Did you have any thoughts on on if that was fair or not? Which one was that? I, I... so that was when Moose traded, and, and after this, I'll stop complaining about his trade. Uh, Moose gave up Nick Foles and Roddy White for Pierre Garcon. Foles and Roddy for Pierre Garcon. Um. I think that's a bad trade, and I think actually no, that that it's been said on the podcast before, so it's not it's not worth really you know beating uh, beating a dead horse. But you know when you have these guys like Foles, if you're not if there's no chance that you're gonna ever use him, um, and he's on your bench and you don't want to you want to get rid of him, well then maybe there's some incentive to just instead of dropping him, trading him and getting some kind of value. But if you're gonna hang on to him, you hang on to him until Vic gets injured. Yep. And I maybe if it's his, you know, his idea was I want to get some value because I, I need more bench space and I want to drop him. That makes sense. But I think, you know, Garcon, he'll be consistent, I think, somewhere along the lines of like 7 to 12 points, maybe a little bit less. But Roddy White has a lot of upside and Foles has a lot of value as a handcuff. So, you know, right. I... I I'm not as down on it as most people are because I think there was a possibility that he might have dropped Foles, but um, I think it's a, it, it was a bad time to do that if you weren't going to drop Foles. Perfect. I agree. And now I'll stop complaining about this trade until week 14 when Lamb Chop, who deserves everything good that happens to him, by the way, he does. He, yeah. will have Roddy White at full strength and he'll, him and Julio Jones combining for like 300 receiving yards. And I'll be very happy for him when that happens. As will we all. So, so week five, um, there's some... Decent matchups. Um, you're going up against Hudson, who's been pretty strong with uh, the better Manning brothers so far. What are your, uh, you confident about this? You're actually projected to win on the ESPN projections right now. I mean, that, that means nothing, right? But um, I think his, so looking at his team, his running backs make me want to cringe. Um, that's just really, really sad. Who's he going to replace Justin Black, and Justin Blackman's actually playing, but he's projected for zero points. <laughs> um, oh, is Blackman playing this week? His suspension was only four games? I think so. I thought it was um, six, but I guess he wouldn't be starting him, so I guess that's probably right. Yeah, he's returning to practice, so he could do something. Right now, it's, I think, you know, Peyton Manning and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, I don't think he's going to put up huge numbers against the Jets. I think he'll put up respectful numbers against the Jets. 
I think Peyton Manning, I think it's going to be a shootout in Dallas. So I think Peyton Manning will put up Peyton Manning numbers. I think I have a decent chance. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to find some way to um, fill in the spot of, of Vincent Jackson. I don't know who I'm going to well, uh, fit in there. One, you got Eli going against the Eagles. That's a great game for him to, to bust out and play well against. I, I think so, too. I mean, it's, their, their secondary is, is just so bad. Their whole defense but, is awful. But the, the, Giants, the Giants' offensive line is terrible, and the Eagles' defensive line is pretty good. So let's not jump to conclusions it, here. The, it, it's okay, but like the, their best – like Trent Cole has been their best pass rusher for the past like five years. But he's, he's not great in a 3-4 because he's never like – like he doesn't know what to do. He's never played from the linebacker spot before. How do they they – so clearly I don't follow the Eagles. But from what I've kind of remembered – they draft D-line or defensive players almost every year in the first round. Yeah, they're never good. Um, they're they never good? Are they that dumb, really? They, they, the end, their numbers on this, I don't remember them. But, like, the, the last five years of Andy Reid's drafts were just awful. Like, players that panned out and became starters, like, they were one of the lowest percentages in the league. Wow. Uh, we took Brandon Graham with, like, number 12, I think, three years ago, the defensive end. I want to say out of Michigan, but I don't remember. He doesn't start for us. He, he doesn't do anything. Uh, we took Fletcher Cox, I think, the year before that as a tackle. He starts, but he's not uh, he's not like a, a game changer or anything. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. I think people think our D-line is maybe better than it is. Uh, like, I wouldn't say our defensive line is better than average. Interesting. Okay, well, it's, uh, I'm, I've probably been deceived by ESPN, but uh, I thought they were pretty decent. So, and, and not to mention, I mean, Peyton Manning, like has to have a bad game. And not a bad game, it's like a not amazing game eventually, I think. Like he has to throw a pick, don't you think? Eventually. <laughs> it's true. I mean, like, law so of averages says that he it, has to. Yeah, it's like it, it could happen this week. I don't know. Uh, his, yeah, his running backs are awful without Alfred Morris. His wideouts are looking for This is definitely a winnable game for you. He only oh, has Manning and Matt Ryan, now that I'm looking I think at it. I think it's a toss-up. I mean, I don't think either of us can score many points. Um, I think it's a toss-up, and I think I have a as good a shot as uh, as, as he does winning this game. So we'll yeah, see. You, you're actually two of the lowest projected scores at 105 and 99. Um, Lionel is projected at only 80, but he must have players on bye. He hasn't subbed in yet. Yeah, his, his uh, whole team. What yeah. other games? Are there any kind of top matchups going on this week? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm scanning the scoreboard. Um, so I'm playing Choir Boy. We are both at 2-2. Two and two. Um I don't. That's okay. Um, Lamb Chop Lionel is is the marquee game though. I mean, that's LC coming in at four and zero. He's looked very good so far. Lionel at three and one. It, I mean, well, sorry. It would be the marquee game if Lionel wasn't missing Pittsburgh and Minnesota on bye, which is Adrian Peterson, Ben Roethlisberger, and Brown, yeah. Le'Veon Bell, who I don't know if he even plays anyway yet, but yeah, he played last week. So that's, um, I guess, a well-deserved lucky break for Lamb Chop there to catch Lionel on an easy week. I mean, it was set up that way to begin with because we just wanted him to get the most out of Will. So, I mean, I'm so happy for him right now. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Um, yeah, and then there's, I guess, I'm trying to think. I like the, uh, the Vigo-Anton um, matchup, but that could be, that could be interesting. Uh, Vigo's team, it's, it's tough to get a read on him. Uh, He's he's projected really high. Um, it's I don't know. Like, are you sold on Kaepernick? What do you think about him? Um, Kaepernick's gonna bounce around every single week. He'll score twenty one week and seven the next. So, 
you know, as long as as long as you know what the matchup is, you'll pretty much know what to get out of him. I think he's kind of lived up to the quality of the defense every single time around. So I don't know. You, he put up only five points against the Colts. Do you think the Colts are that strong? Or you... Um, no, but I think it's one of his bounce around games. I mean, he he looked wait he looked terrible against Seattle, and yep. he looked really good in that first game against Green Bay. Green Bay, right? So. I think for the most part, and I don't—I mean, I'm not claiming that, that Indianapolis is all that good, but I think he'll—he's gonna—he's gonna be very, very volatile. So as long as he has a decent second quarterback to kind of take the pressure, yeah, uh, he's, he's got—he's got Tony Romo. He's got two—he I mean, drafted quarterbacks early. He—he he should be getting a lot of production out of those guys. I like Romo. I think Romo is a fantastic pick. I—I I had him for the second half of last year, and you know he's—he's he's basically a moderately better version of Eli Manning. Where he'll put up the same numbers and he'll choke every now and then, but um, but he'll he'll still score the score the touchdowns that'll get you a solid point. Yeah, Romo's having and actually like he's only thrown one interception and only fumbled once this year. Like his turnovers are way down. He's he's actually his yardage hasn't been huge, um, which is a little puzzling to me because they haven't been winning games. So you'd think they'd be throwing more, but right. like his touchdown um, to, to interception ratio is really good. It's uh, eight eight to one actually. I think he's been using Des Bryant well, and he's also, for some reason, I don't know why, um, he's not using uh, Witten, but I think their running game has a lot to do with that. And I think, um, what's his name, DeMarco Murray has been better than Cowboys. He's been better than expected. I mean, Cowboys running backs, for as long as I can remember, are just terrible. They're kind of like Patriots running backs, where you just don't trust them. But this year, DeMarco Murray is, you know, he's consistent. doing He's doing the things that Cowboy running backs generally don't do. That's a good point. Have they had a solid running back since Emmitt Smith? Like, I'm trying to think all the way back. I doubt it. I really doubt it. I don't think so either. Yeah, v- Vigo is 11th in points scored. He's way down then. But um, I think he's 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, he's 2-2. Two and two. He's got a solid record. And his team has a lot of potential. Um, if Kaepernick turns it on and Des Bryant starts playing better. So... Richardson is a weak running back too, but he has Marshawn Lynch right now. Oh yeah, he has Marshawn Lynch. He's on on buy or is he questionable? Uh, Marshawn Lynch is not on buy. Seattle's playing. Why are they? Why is he listed on? Weird. Does he have Marshawn Lynch not not starting right now? No, he's got Marshawn Lynch in his starting lineup. Oh, he does. What am I thinking? Oh, so Richardson is his legit running back too? Uh, yeah, he doesn't have a running back too. Uh, that's he's he's got um he drafted Richardson. He's got Joy Bell who. He's actually looked okay a couple of the games. Um, yeah, but he's a touchdown hound. I mean, he's, he's going to get you touchdowns every now and then, and you're not really going to you're not going to want to start him if you, if you don't have to. Uh, I I agree. That's where he's really weak. Although he did uh, just upgrade. He had a Reggie Wayne trade for a non-starter in Bradford, so his his wideouts are, are pretty good. That's a good, uh, that's a good trade for him. All right, guys, we are joined by a special guest. Frogger is on the phone now with Priest. What's up, Frog? Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. We're going to record it this time. You're finally going to get a Tron podcast out there. I hope you're happy. That's that's just fantastic. That's and, all I want. And this is also our 20th podcast ever, which is a huge milestone for, for the podcast. That is amazing. Um, Narf actually said we're getting plaques and checks in the mail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys, uh, you're grand prize winners for this. Um, so, so, Priest, why don't you fill us in? Not the frogs here. Fill us in in your life, man. What's going on? Um, so, uh, in May, I graduated from grad school and, uh, I got it. What? I'm sorry. I said, nice work. Thank you very much. Um, and now I'm working for the government for, uh, for the congressional budget office, which you mean uh, you were until yesterday. That's exactly right. So I'm currently (laughs) furloughed. Um, 
and we're waiting on congressional incompetence to slowly diminish, but so, uh, we have no faith in that. So I don't know how that stuff works at all. Like, do you get paid or are you just unemployed right now? So that's a good question. Um, every single time the government shut down in the past, they've actually given people back pay once they reopen. Okay. But people think that the uh, Congress is so batshit crazy this time that they're not going to do that. So, so it's still up in the air. So when are you expecting to go back to work, or do you have no idea? Well, not to get too kind of into the, the nitty-gritty, but there's the government shutdown that happened on the 1st, and then there's the debt ceiling, which is going to kind of blow up on the 17th. And people seem to think that this whole government shutdown is going gonna, is gonna to keep going until they finally make an agreement on both the budget, which is what the shutdown is about, and the debt ceiling, which could lead to a massive default and kind of um, financial Armageddon in the United States. So people think that it's going to last all the way up until that, that 17th debt ceiling deadline. So I'm basically holding out for a two-week vacation, and hopefully I'll find out later whether or not it's paid or not. Awesome. Uh, so is, do, do you like the job when you actually get to work at it? I, I like it a lot. It's um, So you had CB on the podcast a little while back, and he does more kind of academic stuff. Um, I'm doing more policy type stuff. So I'm in charge of, of the, uh, the CBO, for, or I'm not in charge of it, but I contribute to the CBO forecast. So what, what the CBO does is they get kind of the budget plan from Congress, and they analyze it, and they say how that's going to affect things like uh, unemployment, inflation, yada, yada, yada. And so my input, my analysis kind of builds that forecast. So I have to stay up to date with current events type stuff. And it's really fun. It's something I really like a lot. So when CB was on the pod, I asked him who would win in an econ battle, you or him, and he wouldn't say. Do you want to give a different answer to that? Oh, if you're, if you're going based on prestige alone, I'm pretty sure CB would have me in a landslide. Oh. But as far as policy relevance, or at least you know, the ability to talk to people about current events, I'm pretty sure I would beat him. But Frog, who, 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 gonna... who are you taking, Frog, in a straight-up econ battle, priest or choir boy? I'm, I'm buying whatever priest is selling right now. I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm on priest's side. This is why I like Frog. He's, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is why we're, we're a good podcast team. This is it's the all-star show. Um, so, wait, so, Priest, am I right that you've been in school, like, forever, right? Like, this is your first real job? This is my first real, I mean, it was the same for CB, I think, but yeah, it's my first real job. It's the first, and eight, eight weeks in, it's my first real job, I get furloughed. I get furloughed. <laughs> so, uh, something karmic is telling me that I shouldn't be working, so I'm going to consider retirement soon. Got it. So, do you, you live in D.C., I guess? I live in D.C., about 12 blocks from the Capitol building, um, so every time I run by, I give it a, a good spit and, and flip the bird, and uh <laughs> doing yeah. Do you, do you like Washington? That's actually like maybe my least favorite city I've been to. Um, I do. I like Washington a lot. It's a, it's you know, it's more comfortable than a city like New York, and it, it has a lot to do. There's a lot of stuff to do. So, I mean, so far I've liked it a lot. I think everyone that lives in Washington is like too political, though. Mm-hmm. So that, that you're exactly right. It's it's obnoxious. I, um, I know. Like that, that kind of annoys me. Um. Yeah, no, it, it definitely gets annoying, and you know, all people want to talk about is you know Senator X and Senator Y. Cool. Yes, uh, yes. All right, let's let's throw it over to Frog. Have you started your new job yet? Uh, not yet. I am finishing up my my current job, uh, working like crazy, uh, and and that ends on the fifteenth. And, and then, then, are you taking um, time off, or are you going straight into your new place? Not a lot of time. Um, 
I'm taking all of nationals off. Okay. Uh, obviously, and then I'm taking the day after that off, which is my birthday. Nice. And then I'm Happy starting birthday. my new job. All right. So, so maybe this is a sore subject, but what happened to regionals? Because you guys did not win the region for the first time I can remember. Uh, first time in I believe 22 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, according to McCarthy, that was like the longest standing record in Ultimate. Um, not anymore. Not anymore. You know, honestly, it wasn't that big a surprise. We've lost a GOAT before this season. Um, they're playing really well, and we're having a bit of a, a dud of a season. That All that being said, like we, we weren't that disappointed because we actually played well. We played like shit at Labor Day and Chesapeake. And it felt good to to play pretty well, e- even though we lost against Goat. Um, so is Goat just a lot better this year? Goat is a lot better this year. They, you know, all their players have just gotten better and better and better over the last you know three four years, and now all their younger guys are pretty much at their prime, and and some of their older guys are still contributing well. Um, are there are there any people within Ironside that kind of? Is like any feeling that like the Whitecaps are like somewhat to blame that like you guys were distracted or like didn't have time to like practice as a team or anything? I I certainly haven't heard that. Um, I haven't heard that that theory. I'm, I really, I mean, I'm making it up. I have no idea. Crushing it at the beginning of the season. Our early season practices were better than they've ever been. Uh huh. Um. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what is to blame, but it is. It's like a lack of mojo is really the only way to put it. Okay, oh, that happens. All right, so so let's start talking some eliminator. Um, on one side we got Priest who lost week one. He's the only one to lose, and then on the other side we got Frogger who, in my opinion, is probably the favorite to win this at this point. So oh, I really appreciate that <laughs> confidence. So so Priest, what uh, like what happened week one with Pittsburgh, man? What was what was your rationale? Um. So I think I spent a little bit too much effort thinking about which teams I need to save. Yep. Um, which is classic always, mistake. It's, it's, this is, to be fair, it's the first time I ever played Eliminator, but still, it's no excuse. Um, but uh, I thought Pittsburgh is never a terrible team. Um, they are this year. In the, past, in the past, they've been, you know, I think like 8-8 eight and eight and above, or 7-9 and above. They're playing a home opener, and the... The big thing that got me sold is I tuned in for about five minutes to a preseason game, and I saw Roethlisberger getting rid of it quickly with protection to both Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders, and I'm like, maybe they have something this year. And I was wrong. Um, who did they even lose to? I don't even remember. They lost to Tennessee, who's... Oh, right. I mean, going into the season, do you think Tennessee is a good team? Be honest. No, uh, I, but Jake Locker has actually been really good. And now he's out, but he has been good. But going into the season, I would say Tennessee is very much an also-ran, a team that nobody really thinks is going to do very much. And they've been decent so far. So, you know, I was, I was dumb. It was, it was not a good pick, but you, know, you live with it. So what about you, Frog? What, what's your strategy so far? Like, you're hanging tough. Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging in well. But, but let me say, Priest's strategy is admirable. He, you know, he watched a game, performed some <laughs> of his own analysis, you know, <laughs> You like, you know, like not not everyone, and especially not me, is like watching these games. <laughs> uh, especially not you. <laughs> I need to know exactly what 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 goes into the the, the grand Frogger decision about which team to pick. I think right, everyone. So, that. so the strategy 
you know, I realize, you know, you can only pick a team to win once. But so you your can strategy is knowing the rules? But you can pick a team to lose as many times as you want. Um, so I've been trying to, to, to pick the, the worst teams I can uh, to lose uh, every, every week. And I've been using power rankings to help me out with that. Um, I think I've had the Raiders lose twice for me. Um, That's actually a really interesting way to think about it. So you, you're not even thinking about the winner, just the loser. Well, no. I mean, I'm first thinking about the, the loser, and then the winner comes next. You know, I'm not going to pick, uh, you know, the, the worst team to play the, the second to worst <laughs> I'm team. I'm loving how you can't actually name those two teams. Yeah. <laughs> it still works. It's, it's a good strategy, dude. And, and by the way, not you, Priest, but everyone still in has beaten Lamb Chop, which is an achievement in life. That that does feel good. I, it feels it feels really good at Lamb Chop. I'm such a failure. I'm such a failure. Sorry, sorry, Priest. But so another thing I've kind of brought to mind, or like kept in mind, is that this is a really small league. Uh, it's very easy. It's it's it, it would very easily end after you know the eighth game like it wouldn't surprise me at all so i think eight would be a stretch even i think like yeah. six would be like yeah so i've tried not to be aggressive in saving uh teams. I, I think so too i think that was probably a fatal flaw priest i mean it definitely was yeah no without a doubt <laughs> so, so so frogger you do you have like outside help with these picks or is it 100 percent your your own brain power um i have had a little outside help so the, i mean the overall strategy is mine and I've, I've actually made all of my picks except for last week. I, I chose I – was, I forget what I was going to go with, but I was, it was more close to a middle-of-the-road uh, team to win. And uh, this, this guy I work with looked at it. He's like, yeah, it's a little risky. And then I explained that it's a small league. It was like, yeah, you better go with like, the best team. Yeah, I mean, and, Denver – I actually kind of tricked myself into thinking the Eagles would win that game, but Denver beat them by like 40 points. Do you, yeah. Do you so, actually like watch or follow the games that you picked, or do you just check the scores <laughs> at the end? So I've wa- I, you know I watched a little bit back when I lived at Irving Street because you know some of my roommates like to watch it, but uh, we were very rarely watching the game that I, I had picked. So I've I've actually yet to watch uh, a fourth quarter of any of the games <laughs> I picked. Well, it's from getting too emotional. That's the trick. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's very good for like my stress level. I like Tuesday I like get an email from ESPN like you got to make your next pick and I'm like, "Oh, sweet. I guess that means my last game won." You so. know what's annoying about you know, you know what driving me <laughs> crazy about that email is I've like put in my picks for like the first like 6 weeks and it still sends you that email anyway and tells you you need to make a pick. And then I so, freak out and think I didn't put it in right every time, but I did. So I was playing around with it yesterday. I realized I can see the future picks that you've made. You can? Yeah. You can see what I picked. Yeah. How? I I don't know. I saw it. <laughs> Did you like log in as me by accident? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I think once you make a pick, it's public. No, it doesn't show public till the game locks on once the game starts. For me, at least, I never see who anyone else picked. I think that might be because nobody else is picking ahead of time. N- no, that's not true. No, people. Like, for me, it shows up, like, the minute the game starts. It's not that everyone's picking uh, literally the last minute. Frogger's stealing all your picks. Uh, <laughs> wait, I, I did not know this was possible. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I could be mistaken. 
so I'm right now. I've got Atlanta in at home against the Jets this week, Priest. You think I'm safe there? No. Really? You think the Jets are going to win? No. Well, the way the Jets work is every time you think that they're terrible, they win, and every time you think that they may actually do something, they suck. <laughs> so you know, I think I, I would definitely go with somebody else. I don't know. Atlanta's one and three. Uh, like it's a must-win game for them at home Monday night. You really think they're going to blow that? Hey, look, I've been I've been dealing with the Jets for about 28 years now, and so the Jets, when you think that they're terrible, they'll fuck it up for you. Oh. So just you know, bear that in mind. Have Have you uh, figured out your pick yet, Frog, or is that still in the works? Yeah, uh, to be honest, I forget who I, I think I chose the the Chiefs. Who do they Who are they playing? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, it wow. was I did. They are playing someone bad, like Jacksonville or something okay. like that. I mean, betting against Jacksonville. Oh, you know who it is? I think it might be Chiefs over Tennessee, because uh, I did read that Tennessee's uh... quarterbacks out. That's yeah. a smart move. QB's I out. like that. That that shows some real research. All right, so so we He's should move win. Up. We should move on. You know, Frog is going to win. Uh, yeah, Priest. Who's your Who's your pick to win this league? Is it Frogger? I have no idea. I'm hoping not, but I I really don't know. <laughs> Are you embarrassed that you lost to Frogger? Um, no, not really. I mean, it was just, it was really dumb. It was a dumb first pick. And I think, you know, had I, you know, made it through that first game, I probably would have made it a lot further. But, you know. It's easy to say that now. Oh, of course it is. But, <laughs> but I'm, no, I'm not embarrassed. Um, how many teams are still in it, by the way? I have um, no idea. There are, I think, eight. There is uh, Lionel, Hudson... Choirboy, uh, Anton, Yoni, Fuse, Frogger, Narf. That's impressive. I know I feel worse about myself, so uh, that's great. Um, but so, no, I have no idea who's going to win. All right, I cool. talked to Lionel at, at regionals. He's still pissed that the, the payout for the Eliminator is so high. I know, but I'm, it's actually, I'm really competitive. Like, I, I want to win this money. I could, like, use the money from this payout. So um, <laughs> I'm really going to win this pool, hopefully. Yeah, I'm going to make a prediction, and... I, if if it goes the distance, I'm probably not going to win because I've spent a lot of the good teams already. Well, it's not just you. Like everyone, like a lot of people spent the good teams. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. So so frog, let's move on to our next segment. I think you're going to like this a lot. Um, we're going to do Tron ranks. Have you heard of this? Uh, no. Okay, so it's a brand new podcast segment this year. We're going to do it three ways. It's called Tron ranks. Every week, I pose a completely random question, and me and the guest hosts each say our top three and bottom three trons from the league to answer this question. Okay? Okay. So, let's actually recap. I wanted to recap and see what you guys thought of when you've been um, chosen. Have you been following these, Priest? I have, yeah. So, I'm going to do Priest first. So, Priest, you were uh, chosen top to land a plane. Bottom to be a personal chef, and top to talk yourself out of speeding ticket. Agree or disagree? I actually agree fully with all three of those. Oh, and okay. I actually have a story to go with that. Hit, hit um, us. The week, it was either one week or two weeks after I was voted um, most likely to talk myself out of a speeding ticket. Yep, by um, both me and Vigo. You were, you were a yeah. double consensus top. So that was So on the day of the Navy Yard shooting, do you remember that? Nope. Okay, so yeah. there was a big shooting in Washington, D.C., and everyone broke out. Um, and that night at about 11 o'clock at a soccer game, very, very close to the Pentagon. 
and I, this, I've only been here for about a month and a half, and so I used my GPS to get there. On the way back, I was tired, and I'm like, I'm a reasonably intelligent person. I can get myself back from, you know, close to the Pentagon to, you know, inside D.C. to where I live. I'm not reasonably intelligent, and I ethically fail. Okay. And I'm going, I'm driving basically in the, on the road that's right around the Pentagon that's basically filled with cops because they're on high alert from this Navy Yard shooting to, like, look out for terrorists and whatnot. Yep. And I look like, I'm, I'm driving like, um, like a moron, an absolute moron, because I'm looking to make U-turns, I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm stopping and I'm going, and, you know, you can see where this is heading. I get pulled over. And I get pulled over, and I'm thinking to myself, the first thing that pops in my head, it's like, excellent. I have a chance to prove myself <laughs> for Tron ranks. That's exactly what I was thinking. And the yes. cop comes up, and, and he says, you know, you know why I pulled you over? And I say, uh, no, I really have no idea. And he says, because you ran a red light. And so I play the only card that I think is relevant, and that's the, sir, I'm completely lost. I really don't know what I'm doing, so if you can direct me the highway, that would be super helpful. Oh, that's and, a smart move. And he takes my license and registration, he runs it back to the car, and he comes back and he's like, uh, you know, here, we're going to issue you a warning, and if you ever come back and you do the same thing, we'll issue you a ticket. So I'm pretty sure I succeeded in, you know, justifying my, uh, my Tron Ranks top ranking. Nice top. work. I love when Tron Ranks apply to real life. Right. And, and just to summarize the others... I do not cook for shit, so you know, I'm I'm terrible. So that's a good call, whoever did that. That was Choir Boy who put you on his worst list. And I did play a lot of uh, Flight Simulator when I was a kid, so I think I can land a plane. I don't know why uh, Hud, that was Hudson who chose you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And it was. I think that was actually a dumb choice. I think there are people people who are better at that than I am. But I did play a lot of flight stuff. All right. So so Frog, you were not eligible the first two weeks, but then me and Lionel decided you were eligible. <laughs> so you were on a worst list for landing a plane. And you're on a double best list for best personal chef. Nice. Uh, both me and Choir Boy. Choir Boy's a vegetarian, by the way, now. Shit. Yeah, so. Moving up in the world. All you right. got to listen to these podcasts if you want to learn. That is legit. Uh, I've got to talk to him about that. Yeah. So about landing a plane, though, um, I've actually co-piloted a, like, four-seater oh, plane. I knew that also. It, it's really? easy to put you on that bottom list, by the way. Yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> I just thought you'd like choke under pressure and crash or something. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't have a good reason for that. Uh, so, so let's move... cool, calm, and collected. Why would you ever think you should? I know. I, I don't know. I just thought. I don't know why I thought that. Um, by the way, before we get to this, there are two Trons um, and Frog. It's just a league that's eligible, not all of Tron. But okay. there are two people that are yet to pick up a top mention. Um, one is Vigo, unfortunately. The yeah. other is Noah, which is kind of surprising, I guess. Yeah, that is surprising. All right, so you guys ready? Do it. Uh, we'll have Prisco first, then Frog, then me. Um, so this week's Tron rank is uh, Into the Distant Future, you are married with a family and you have some little kids, and it is your, your son's first day of first grade. You walk him into the classroom. Which Tron do you most want and least want to be his first grade teacher? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I think this is a good one. Wow. Um, so we're doing I, bottom first. I've got first. my pick locked in already. You, you choose three, Frog. Three tops and three bottoms. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go with you for, for, for somebody who I don't want them to see as a first grade teacher. Okay. That, that's, um, not that, that's one. Um, no offense. Um, I can take it, man. Who else? 
Oh, that's this is rough. Um, you got that's that's what Tron Rex is. Uh, you got to be honest. I don't want them to have to deal with Lamb Chop as a first day of first grade, so I'm going to go with Lamb Chop. And I don't know if he's a good teacher or he's not, but I just don't want him to deal with that. Okay, that's number two. Well, you um, don't want your kids to learn to be fuckers, I assume. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that kind of role model. Um, number three. Uh, oh, this is hard. I, I'm just going to have to go completely random and say Yoni. Yoni has kids, though. He's experienced. He's yeah, good but with isn't he always like, wa- like I, watching I them, like walking the with him walls and stuff? He's real good with them. Really? Yeah. All well, right. It's I'm gonna stick with that, but I, but I, I, you know, that last pick has nothing to do with reality. So, all right, so, so priest, give us your. Um, actually, let's all do bottoms and all do tops. All right, frog, you got uh, three bottoms. Um, Anton on the bottom. I think Anton would be a phenomenal like eighth to like twelfth grade teacher, but I think he'd be like the worst like young teacher. Yeah, Anton, too Anton's too critical. On my bottom list also. Um. Bottom list. Um, I gotta go Vigo here. I feel like he let those kids just walk right over him. You know, Aww. you gotta, you gotta control the classroom. <laughs> Poor Vigo. <laughs> uh, and, Vigo's uh, gonna get a top mention one day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go LC too. He's, he's just gonna be mean to these kids. Like, I want my kids to have self-esteem. I, I know. Um, I, I'll throw, I'll throw LC in there. Don't want your kids to be a fucker. I'm definitely throwing Anton in there, too. Uh, those are my two easy ones. I had a third picked up. I don't remember who it is now. Um, uh, oh, Choir Boy. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I don't want him to teach my kid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, let's, let's, um, Priest, you ready to start again with the three tops? I'm, I'm good to go. Um, so, I would definitely go with Lionel as one of my top choices, um, partially because he enunciates really, really well, and I want my kids to speak well. That's important at that age. I, Ooh, I that's like a that. good. That's good way of thinking. Um, I'm also going to go with Choir Boy because whenever he talks, I think to understand exactly what he's saying because he talks slowly, and I think he'd be a very, very good teacher. <laughs> okay. Um, and the third one. Um, I'd go with I'm gonna go with Hudson because I don't think he would take shit from any of the students and he'd put them in line. Okay, interesting. Um, Frog, you got three top. Yeah, and yeah. By, by okay. the way, you, you can't choose yourself, but you co- can choose other co-hosts. So if you wanted to say me or Priest, you could. Not not that that's a, a hint or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, number one pick, Noah. Yep, I got him on my top list too. Like he'd be a, he'd be a little weird, but in in a in a great way. I think he'd um, relate well to the kids. Yeah, he'd be so patient with them too, you know. And that, that's why I was surprised. Uh, speaking of patience, like you know, CB's like really patient. And he'd buy, be my number two pick. Okay. Um, so I'm really surprised that he was in your uh, bottom. Yeah, I didn't really have a reason for that. Likewise. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and Yoni's my number three. Okay. For like Jewish studies and stuff, you know. Oh, this is, is this a Jewish school? You're sending your kids to a Jewish school? Really? No, no, no. I just want them to have a little background. Oh. Uh, just a little bit of background. Like, a little bit of matzo ball in have... there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I have Noah on my top list also. Um, I have Moose on my top list. 
Uh, oh, Moose is a great pick. That's a good choice. Yeah, I, I think that's a good choice. Um, yeah. I've got Noah, I've got Moose, and I need a third. Yoni has the kid experience, but I don't want my kids to be too Jewish, so <laughs> maybe that's a deterrent. Um, Lionel would train them to speak well. Um, hmm. Moose, Noah. I really don't have a third, so I'm going to have to pick randomly. Um, this is your question, by the way. It, it, it is. Um, I, love, I love the question. I'm going to go Lionel, actually, the, the more I think about it. I think that was a good choice, Priest. All right. All right. So, so that was the Tron Ranks. Frog, maybe I'll just have you on for Tron Ranks every week. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Um, so before hey, Nurse, we, let you can go, we do a, we do quick uh, hot takes with of Frog. Of course. I was going to say, before we let you go, Frog, Priest wants to debut a brand new segment with you. Let's do okay. it. Okay. So these are uh, NFL hot takes. So I want to get your in-depth analysis. And it's going to be completely random if you have no idea what I'm talking about. But I want to get your, you know, First impression on all of these questions. Are you okay. ready? Am I giving like yeah. a good or bad or just any Just kind answer of the question however you want to. I think okay. that's, the, that's the key. The first question, is Philip Rivers for real and why? I doubt it. Um... <laughs> I don't. I don't like his name, Philip Rivers. You know, I just. I just don't see him being successful in any way. No, he's not. That's a very good answer. Okay, it's spot on. Second question: Who will win the Super Bowl, and who will they beat? Um, I think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. Oh. Over Seattle because they're also really good. Okay. Last question. Why do you think Roger Goodell is a terrible uh, commissioner of the NFL? It's a very leading question, Priest. I know. Why do I think he's terrible? Why do you think um, he's terrible? You know what? I, I hate all this, like, this puss, all these pussy calls, like, un, you know, like, undefendable, like... <laughs> Undefendable reach around, yeah, I hate that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I hate all that stuff. Like, you're, it's football. You gotta, you gotta hit them hard, even if they're not defensible. Quick, um, quick, it's enough. Exactly right. All right, Frog. Fourth question: Who's going to win the Tron Fantasy League, and why? Oh, I, I believe I answered this last last time I was on, but I don't remember. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. I, I chose Lamb Chop to win because he's won in the past. Unfortunately, oh. Lamb Chop is 4-0 and right now. He's in first place. Oh, so looks like I might be uh, spot on with that one. No, my, I'm, I'm going to beat him. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, I, I, I hope you do. Theory. I have a new theory about how to uh, uh, dislodge LC from the top spot. Oh, yeah? I think if we are all really optimistic and enthusiastically positive about LC doing well, he will crash and burn. That might be the smartest thing I've ever heard. So if we like congratulate him and we treat him nicely and we say things like way to go, I think he'll like implode on himself and he'll end up in last place or maybe close to last place. Do you think we can get everyone to do it though? I don't think so. I think people really like, I mean, it's really fun to call him fucker. So it's going to be hard to sell to everyone. But I think if we all treat him really, really nicely, he won't know what to do. And he'll keep going with being an asshole for a while until he just kind of loses his seat. So it's I so think we could hard to treat him I nicely, know. though. But let's try. Let's just see if it'll work. Have faith. All right. If you do it, I'm, I'm in. All right. Done. Are you, are you in, Frog? 
I'm in. I mean, IOLC. He uh, he helped me out with my resume. You know, cleaned it up really well. So uh, I'm gonna be nice to him. Okay, fair Good. enough. Sounds great. All right, cool. Frog, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. It was a blast. Uh, I'll have you on again. What? Any other any other hosts you're particularly into uh, podcasting with? Um, I would love to podcast with Vigo. Okay. I haven't talked to him in too long. When I when I have Vigo, Vigo is a recurring host. He comes on a lot. He like he's my filler whenever I don't have someone that week. <laughs> so, nice. so so whenever Vigo's on, I'll have you back. Cool. And Priest, it was great catching up, man. Likewise, dude. Yeah. So so let's just running pretty long now. Let's um let's wrap this up, Priest. You want to give me a Super Bowl pick while you're still on? Yeah. Um, Super Bowl pick. Let's go. Well, the easy one is Denver. I'm pretty sure they're gonna make it. Um, and the difficult one I think is. I want to say Chicago. But I, I, said, I said that. Yeah. That was my pick. Like the last. I know. I know. I, I know you said it. I, I, it's a toss-up between Chicago and Seattle, and I wasn't sold on Seattle until I saw them play a couple of times. And I think last week's win um, against the Texans was kind of indicative of them. I, you know, I think having having some, you know, the ability to have the character to kind of come back from a game. And I hate using the word character; it's just a stupid concept. But I think you know the, the ability for them to come back against a pretty decent team. Uh, uh, they can, they can hang with I agree, and I mean they got down. Like I don't think Houston scored in the second half. Like if if you're willing to attribute that to like West Coast team going to I guess the Central Time Zone, like and just be starting sluggish, like they destroyed yeah. them in the second half. They did. So the, that's my Super Bowl pick: Denver, Seattle. I did pick Chicago, although they just looked really bad against Detroit. I still think they're good. I, I started thinking if Seattle gets the one seed, I don't think they're beatable at home. Um, like I that that stadium, like I know people exaggerate how big home field advantage it is, but I'm not sure it's an exaggeration anymore. Like seismic activity, seismic it, activity. It right? set the world record for decibel level. Like it's, I, it, I think it's like a legitimately humongous advantage for them to play at home. And and let's let's kind of think about the NFC for a second. Are there really other than you know maybe the Niners who they've already the Niners have already been destroyed by Seattle. The NFC East. I'm going to throw out that entire division. They're, they're the NFC South division. The NFC South, if if the Saints, Saints look good, get, if the Saints don't get hold, I think if the Saints have to go into Seattle, they're going to lose. I I agree, but um, yeah, I I think this, this I mean they just crush Miami. If if they get home field advantage, which is they're playing a month, they play easier schedule, and they're they're both four zero. So like, I mean, you could even give the odds to New Orleans. Like they're not that far behind Seattle in in the race for the one seat. I would say. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think as long as they, I think they beat Atlanta once. Is that right? Uh, yeah, they beat Atlanta week one. In, if in they beat Atlanta world. again, I think that's that's basically a good sign for them. I think they can beat Atlanta twice. It's in the division they have no one else to really contend with. Because uh, um, Tampa's awful, kind of awful. In the AFC, I don't, I th- I can't see Denver making the Super Bowl. Like, oh, I mean, I want to say that they're not going to make Super Bowl, but there's no other good teams in that conference. Who's gonna? I mean, they really they could choke, right? But so who's gonna? Right, so AFC East, it it could be the Patriots, but I saw them. I saw them play the Jets with, granted, a depleted wide, wide receiver set, but they just didn't look very good. The North, I think, is more or less trash. I don't really, I don't buy into to the Bengals. Oh, the I, South, I, hate, I hate the Bengals. I think Baltimore will still be will still make the playoffs, but I don't think they're a big threat. I agree. I and as far as the South goes, are you gonna buy any of those teams? Uh, definitely not Houston. I think the Colts could be a little interesting, um, but I, I don't think they're ready yet. They're probably a year or two away. And the Chiefs is a team you left out. They, they've looked really solid. They have. Um, 
but it's Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid, right? It's you know he's gonna make it to the AFC Championship game probably, and and you know crap out. So, so I, I agree. When you look at it that way, although I will say about New England, like early on, I was like kind of trashing how bad Tom Brady looked and like thinking, but now I'm actually very impressed. Like they just won a game in Atlanta, who's a, who's a good team, like the one seed from last year, with with no receivers. Like they're will for it. The, the Patriots are playing well. But, but Will Ford. I know. Um, right. it, it, I mean, I mean he, he stops the run. He single-handedly stops the run for that team, so I don't, I don't think they're going to be nearly as stout on the, uh, on the defensive side. So, you know, we'll see. The thing about Denver, well, my only point about Denver is, like, I, once it gets cold there, Peyton Manning's a different player. Like, he, he was really, he was not good last year towards the end of the season and in the playoffs, like, in, in the cold weather. Like, home field advantage isn't great for them. That's a, that is a good point. I mean, I don't. I remember. So I thought he looked pretty decent, and he didn't look dominant against the Ravens. But I thought that he should have won that game, and I think he's looked better than he has all last season. So, I mean, he's going to be better. I think you know, if the cold affects him, he's still going to be better than he was last year. And as long as they can keep him healthy, I don't see any reason why that offense and the way it, it's. I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen a couple of the games, but the way that he toys with teams using audibles. Oh, it's I'm, just marvelous. I've, I've just watched almost so, all their games. It makes me, I mean, it makes me so happy to see him kind of just uh, uh, in, using his intelligence to just dick around with the team. I agree. It's, I, I it's like really Peyton Manning. Cool. I've always been a fan of him. He's great to watch. Uh, it's great to have Denver receivers on your team. The thing I'm thinking back to is, like, like remember Green Bay two years ago? Like, they looked just this good, if not better, with, like, Aaron Rodgers was playing this well. Like, they looked unstoppable. Like, you just never know, like, early on in the season. Well, let's wait. Let's wait to see them play first the Chiefs. I think they play the Chiefs relatively soon. And do they also play the Patriots? No, they don't play. They, they play do. the Chiefs week nine, the Patriots week ten. All right. Well, you know, we'll, we can basically, like, leave special. them as a, as a, you know, current version Super Bowl team. We'll in, see what happens comes the second half of the season. In two weeks, actually, we've got Jacksonville at Denver, which was maybe a bigger spread than Jacksonville at Seattle. I actually would bet that it will be. Yeah, that's that's really upsetting. To, uh, that's my week six eliminator pick. That's my new lock of the season. All right, Priest, thanks for coming to the pod, man. Absolutely. It's been fun. I might try to have you on later in the season because you're a good host. Thank you very much. Let me know. And I'm going to hit that song you wanted, and that should be all. Have a good night. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bye. Maybe he took the wrong pill.